Papa's usually pretty, pretty punctual. He's been a punctual guy his whole life. Pretty sure. Good, good student. Good grades in school. Punctual. There he is. And he's wearing his father figure branded toque that he picked up at fatherfigure.pro. And here we go, he's about to get in the car. Good morning. There he is. Who's that, Lachlan Leonard? Hello, Lachlan Leonard. You're very close in this car. Yeah. Oh, and you have your own driving wheel. Yeah. And the wheels on the car go round and round. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you going to say hi to your papa? Hello, Lachlan Leonard. Love you. Can <laughs> you say, love you, Papa? Are you making that horn? Making the horn noise? I don't think the... I don't think the horn noise is a substitute for saying hi to your Papa. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh. You're, you're trying to figure out uh, why did we go to Papa's? Why did we go to Papa's and then not go in and play with all the toys? Exactly. Yeah. Okay, bud, do you want to be done with the the wheel soon? <laughs> do you think you want to stop the wheel? Do you want to say hi? No, okay. Guess you, you just say whatever you like when you want to say it. Okay? Yeah, that's right. Is it okay, Lachlan? Yeah, when you feel like saying something, you say it. Yeah. yeah. I think the wheel was a bad idea this morning. <laughs> Well, I, I even offered the wheel. Oh. It's not like he wanted it. I was like, take the wheel, man. It's a good, yeah, well, it's the, the sounds of the being a little, little guy, eh? Yeah, yeah, wheels and trucks and ambulances. I haven't had uh, morning coffee yet. Uh-huh. Because I've been doing, uh, I've been doing trying to be a little bit more healthy in the morning, so I just drink warm water instead. Hello. That's a good idea. But, I'm, but, I, but I do Hello. drink coffee, just not, that's not my, I found when I was just waking up and getting coffee, that would be the only thing I would drink oh. all day. Yeah. So I start with two tall glasses of warm water first, and that, that gets things moving just as good as the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and then I take a multivitamin. Ooh, a multivitamin. Yeah. yeah there's uh, some... Uh, controversy about multivitamins some people say they're uh, they're good other people say they're a waste of time yeah and, uh, uh, well I think that's like they could they could do nothing but as long as, long as they give me the placebo effect I'm okay with that well there, that's a, that's a, a good point there. look what I found what'd you find a Tim card I got one too come here let me see this for one sec bud let's see oh yeah of course there's a battery to take the batteries off what if we just do that? Will Some, you still notice? Is somebody behind there? Oh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. <laughs> Will you notice? I wonder if you'll notice. Okay. Just a small uh, dark roast for me. Okay. I'll get a medium two cream and a small dark roast. Black. Black? Yeah. Medium two cream and a small dark roast black? Yep. Thank you. Let's see if mine works. Oh, how come? You're the guest. I know, but it's on and we need to know if the, if the card works. <laughs> yeah. Did you load it up? 
Yeah. Oh, it was a gift. It was a gift, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's funny with gift cards. Sometimes there's no gift on them. <laughs> And you yeah. say, well, will I let the person know that I got a card with no gift on it, or will I just uh, kind of... Oh, you did figure it out, bud. Didn't you? <laughs> Turned it right back on. <laughs> You're a pretty smart boy. Yes, you are. Do you want to, Are you going to be all done with your steering wheel soon? Okay. Do you want to put it beside you? No. No? Okay. Hello. I have a Tim card. balanced uh -huh. microphone that I oh, might need I your assistance to put your thumb on All right, yeah. around, around corners All right, because my thumb is holding a coffee and also driving yeah so the um, excellent the guest on my podcast doubles as the microphone boom operator oh, boom yeah. microphone operator yeah just a small request can you drive yeah. by Chris's sure just wanted to uh, Lily borrowed the car yesterday and uh, uh, your mum has a bunch of errands to run today, and she's thinking that uh, she doesn't want to uh, um, ask for the car if it's not there, but if it is there, she can ask for it. So we'll just do a, a reconnaissance, and I'll say, you know what, the car is there, or it's not there. So, so I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. <laughs> At what point in your in your lives, as the parents of the family, yeah. do you decide that? your wishes with your own vehicle <laughs> come second to the wishes of your grandchildren. Uh, <laughs> I guess when you have your grandchildren. Well, yeah, you know, but, you know, most of the time, you know, since we're not going too many places, most of the time the car is sitting uh, idle and, uh, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, and uh, so Lily's been very good with uh, doing things, uh, you know, picking up groceries and Stuff like that, and so. Uh, so why not? So why not? Yeah, because yeah. if we're not using it, then maybe she can, uh, she can use it. And uh, yeah. the more, and the other side of that coin is um, from uh, my own long ago experience as a teenager, and uh, and my children's experience as a teenager. The more practice you have driving a car, the better you get. It's true. The better yeah. you get. The least concerned your parents and grandparents could be about you having a car. Yeah, I agree with that. That's one of those ones about like letting your kid climb the tree too. It's like you gotta let him climb the tree, so he knows how to climb a tree. But those first few times, it gotta be a bit iffy, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I remember when I learned to drive, I got I had pretty much the car whenever I wanted, and it was uh, it was good because I learned all. You know, that's the way the best way to learn is by yourself in the car. Yeah. Because when know. you have someone over your shoulder, like, ah, don't do that, don't do that, don't yeah. ride the clutch, you know. Yeah. One time, Piercy bought a, um, he just needed a car, like a little beater car, so he bought a little, um, it was a Hyundai Accent manual transmission. And he had never really driven a manual before, so he was like, can you take me out and just show me how to do it or whatever? And I, I was like, sure. And I, and, um, 
so I picked him up, but then I said, well, I'm going to, I'll drive, because if I just drive you around, and I show you and tell you what I'm doing, then I'm just going to get out of the car and go home, because really, me sitting in the passenger seat going, oh, don't, 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 you know what I mean, yeah. you're a smart enough yeah. guy that you're going to get it, based yeah. on, like, what I'm doing, you're going to feel it, because basically, like, if you've ever driven in a standard before, but you've never, you, you didn't know what was going on, or you didn't care to wonder about it, none of it makes like if it seems like it's complicated right but then when you're sitting next to him and you're kind of explaining like look i'm just letting it grab you know i'm just i can push it back in if it's getting yeah. a bit choppy you know that's one thing that people don't tell you mm. that you can push the clutch back in you know what mm. i mean yeah so that was one thing where he was like that was revolutionary to me when you told me i'm allowed to push the clutch in yeah. around corners mm. like when i'm in second gear yeah i thought i just had to go to the next gear it's like no you don't have to you it's your car you can yeah. do anything you want with it like as I, I just said like this is kind of a long story but I just said just ride the clutch around the neighborhood for a little mm-hmm. while ride the clutch for one day and then you'll be comfortable and you won't do it anymore but if you never like yeah. let the clutch work for you for a little bit so you can get the feel of the vehicle yeah. well you're going to be popping it all the time yeah. and that's when you're going to have an issue it, it, it's, um, it brings up kind of an interesting thing that's that's happening in all kinds of areas uh, including uh, things like airplanes but you know when I learned to drive on a standard transmission and uh, um, and, it, and a vehicle where if you lift the hood you saw a carburetor and you could see it cylinders see works, and spark yeah. plugs so understanding you could get a mechanical understanding of what was going on yep. with the vehicle and that helped you uh, you know maneuver it and whatnot now today with the computer vehicle and the computer airplane you know it's it's it's, it's drive and fly by wire mostly because if, if the car computer quits right. you're you know what do you do phone CAA and say you know this car and and the sense you have to have is no longer a mechanical sense you know did the clutch engage did the clutch did the clutch separate does the car right. you know, what are the all of those kind of mechanical things have been replaced by looking for the uh, the lights on the, the button, dash yeah. and the uh, you know oh the uh, the engine check light has come on mm-hmm. I guess I must have just bought this at a certain car dealership that, that, <laughs> or, yeah and that's a separation that I think probably started with the advent of of machinery but like with that that whole thing is that there's a user and there's someone who can build the machine for you and then there's someone who knows how to use the machine and, that, and those those people are two different people mm-hmm. like yeah. just because the engineer can design the building doesn't mean he knows anything about how to put it together you yeah. know so i'll just let your your mother know that the car is indeed there and okay. she can uh, uh either to have Lily bring it up or she may say why doesn't George drop you at the car on the way back? Uh, we'll see what what your mother uh, wants to do. So I'll just let her know. Yeah. So yeah, it uh, um, it reminds me of a story I heard a long time ago that uh, um, the um, in Germany you uh, you don't get to design an airplane until you've uh, built one and uh, okay. probably flown one. Right. So I don't know how true that is, but it's uh, it's one way to bring. Uh, the um, oh, you did do it. That expertise, and, you know, and I, it is. I think it is important to, to under. You know, building is a great way to understand things. So when Lachman says, uh, uh, when the blocks are out, and he says, uh, "I'm going to build something," mm-hmm. well, that's wonderful. You, get, you know, that's the way you figure out how things work. So I saw this really cool, and they used to do these little videos. Maybe they were like sales videos. Um, like product presentation videos mm. and they used to do them in like the 50s 
because all the ones that I've been watching are like black and white. And this one must have been for like a, a four-wheel drive truck that they were that they were selling. Yeah. And they they start the video with a little demonstration of a powered a truck. If you put power to the rear wheels and it's a, and it's a straight axle, right? Mm-hmm. And then you turn the truck around the corner. Well, because the because the let's say you turn it into a circle, right, or going going around clockwise. Yeah. Um, the wheel on the right will spin more, uh, less revolutions to make that radius than the wheel on the left mm-hmm. of the vehicle, right? So, if it if the, if those re, if those le- back vi- uh, wheels are on the same axle and it's and it's uh, fixed, a fixed axle, then the outside wheel, when you make a clockwise turn to the right, the left wheel will skip because it's not it's not spinning enough yeah. revolutions to make that yeah. turn because the radius it's turning is bigger. So they discovered this when they put when they when they put power to the rear wheels, right? Is that when they discovered? I don't know when they discovered it, but they, that's how they start, and, it, and then it makes you realize, well, that's a problem and that has to be fixed, and then they take you through what the rear differential. How the rear differential actually works, mm-hmm. and he starts with like just a just like a a, a a stick, and then it hits like another spoke, but then but the way that it's hitting the outside the left spoke is like further back. Oh yeah. So it allows that wheel to turn a little bit faster. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then and then. They just keep adding more spokes and more sticks mm-hmm. until all of a sudden they go, okay, well, instead of doing spokes and sticks, we're going to, and it kind of like fades out and it shows you the gear. And, oh, then they, yeah. and then they put the gear, then they, then they show you a spiral gear. Mm-hmm. And so then, and then they, then they show you a highly refined, highly machined, lubricated spiral rear differential mm-hmm. yeah. inside a case. And you go, whoa, like you just learned what a rear differential yeah. is, how it's put together yeah. and how it works yeah. and why it's on the car. Yeah. And before this two minute video mm-hmm. uh, he, that was just a thing on the back of the car you didn't even know what it was for yeah yeah it's very very well put together and I, I think they, they had they had the ability to communicate very com- I feel like that's a very complex concept mm-hmm. very very simply yeah yeah and th- those are and and um, those kind of like um, learning by analogies are very very uh, powerful yeah. and they're um, um, you know they're they're uh, true in, in lots of ways it kind of you know when I watch Reed um, doing his uh, uh, amazing uh, work with the uh, video games and whatnot he's learning a lot by analogy and people are, are critical of, uh, of video games and, and probably rightly so and you know, there's a certain uh, challenge to them and I think in terms of uh, spending too much time at them but they do seem to uh, provide an opportunity for kind of uh, learning about things by analogy in a similar way as long as the you know as long as the analogy is uh, somewhat um, uh, realistic you know not a whole lot of uh, uh, poof and magic but if things you know if things go together by uh, uh, sensible uh, drawings and, uh, and animations then you you can walk away with a you know an, an understanding of uh, it's what's all, going on if it's done well enough and simply enough it's almost just like downloading information yep. for me I'm just like wow now I have that it's in there now I kind of know how that works yeah and that's great that's I feel like a good teacher just helps you download information into your brain yeah yeah but the thing with um I was gonna say when you said about video games um 
I don't think necessarily video games are bad, but I don't also don't think that they're harmless either. I just think that if 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 kids are going to be on them all the time, hopefully there's a way that we can make them so that they are more beneficial than they're just yeah. noises and lights and yeah. keep your attention and get your parents' credit card information. Yeah. Right? Like you, yeah. you could use that same tool because you, you can't argue with the the ability to keep a, a young child entertained. You can't no. argue with that. It holds their attention. Absolutely. So yeah. why can't they do? If they can do that and come away with the knowledge of the periodic table of elements, <laughs> I'm much happier. That'd be yeah. great. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. But if they, all they do is come away with the knowledge of, you know, noises and mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. um, then it's not it's not so good. Yeah, it, um, um, it, it certainly they come away with some uh, interesting strategic uh, thinking. I was listening to a podcast yesterday when I was going out for my walk, and someone was was remarking at the uh, at the dawn of TV, which would have been you know in the early fifties. Um, how the great promises were that it was going to be the excellent tool to uh, bring uh, uh, high culture and learning into the home, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and what happened was the profit motive took over. People. That's exactly it. Yeah, and, and that's what happened. I think with the uh, with the with video games and and the uh, mm-hmm. and the World Wide Web and everything that's, else. And is, everything, everything, yeah. every technology gets almost like bastardized in that way. Yeah. But the I feel like the, you li- so you listened to Neil's Tuck Talk, right? Did you? I d- uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought he hit on that point pretty good. Where when he gets to the point of saying like, um, you need to understand that what Facebook is doing is not connecting people socially. They're not doing this. That's not the off. That's not the. That's not their main objective. Their main objective is to keep your attention. That's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. They don't care how they have. Just like. You know, the chicken farmer's main goal is to have the biggest, juiciest breasts yeah. on his chickens so that he sells more chickens, yeah. right? Yeah. And people are going to want the bigger, juicier breasts. Okay, yeah. so if you pump them with chemicals, does it make does it make the chickens more susceptible to cancer? I'm not worried about that. No. I'm worried about the bigger breasts. That's exactly. what I want. Yeah, and, and what about, you know, the, the people who eat the chicken? Uh, yeah, that you do they get cancer? I, I'm not worried about that. Again, yeah. I'm trying to sell chicken yeah. breasts. And, you know, and it's been... Uh, People will will say, well, you know, since the uh, the, the Reagan days and the and the Thatcher days, the the concept that uh, you know the profit that business makes is uh, is sacrosanct and uh, yes. and is uh, you know that's the main the main thing you got to do the main thing right and yeah, the main exactly. thing is make profit and uh, and okay. uh, that of course maybe you know maybe um, well it is in that system of course that's how you get things done you need profit in order, in order to make in order to solve problems, that's what they say, but that doesn't mean that that's the only system we can use. No. No, and so right. there's this, this there's this desire of people that are almost trapped in this box that you can't not allowed to look outside the market system. That 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 just that's not a rule that's open to you, right? Mm. As a human, so on both sides of the argument, you have people, smart people, trapped in the same box, and they're you know the the good, well-intentioned people on one side. They say, well, if we can just make a good technology, then you know, we got to stop using these bad technologies, right? Like the bad technologies like guns, that's a bad technology. We should stop using it. We should stop using, you know, uh, I don't know, video games for kids. That's a bad technology. We should stop using it. They want to drop bad technologies in their mind and they want to they want to somehow come up with a technology that can't be uh, corrupted. Mm. And I think they're going to look a long time for that yeah. because they're never going to find one that, no. that you can't take and twist around and make do 
bad things. Yeah, very, very, very difficult because you know I think there's uh, things that are uh, are useful for good, or um, you know, have a, a correspondingly uh, uh, dangerous side where they're they're not useful for good. Well, and, the, uh, the thing is, is it's the guy holding the technology, it's the person using the tool. You know, it's there's a saying that I just learned the other day, which I really liked, which is uh, it's a bo- it's a poor worker who blames his tools. Mm, absolutely. And absolutely. it's the same thing with gunpowder, for example. Yeah. Uh, you know, it can be used to make a beautiful fireworks display. Yeah. And celebrate something wonderful. Nobody's yeah. nobody's getting mad about gunpowder gun on those days. No. Nobody cares about explosions and projectiles on those days. Yeah. It can also be used to fire a projectile through somebody. Mm-hmm. And and it's the same technology. It's, it's the abuse and misuse of the technology that we gotta, and the only way you do that is another thing that I liked about Neil's talk is what, at, at the question period, someone said, well, so is there a way that we can like, um, that we can, uh, that something could be designed like out uh, of this way? And it's like, well, yeah, you could, you could redesign a new thing, but you could also cut the snake off at the head. You could also make it so that people aren't interested in being divisive. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to get rid of the divisiveness in politics, right? Cut, cut it off at the head. Yeah. You know, so that that so it becomes a problem just from the fact that it's not it's not being employed anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know the whole the whole idea, which I think the, needs to become a, uh, a responsibility of the people with the uh, with the, the dangerous technologies, is to say, well, uh, you know, um, uh, this this here's what um, here's what this person has said but you need to look at the other side to be more um, um, required to um, uh, point out the, um, the the deficiencies and, and the misuse that could be possible in, in things like you know the Facebook and whatnot and you know why is it that I keep getting the same thing over and over again well you know you're being manipulated by right. yeah. by the AI and well, uh, not, not me not me dad I don't get manipulated I'm not oh, subject yeah. to those things no, right no. that's that's the that's the heart beating thing that people the chest beating thing right yeah. oh that wouldn't be me and that, yeah. that's why we have homelessness still right that wouldn't be me yeah that's why we have drug addiction that wouldn't be me yeah. right and that's why we have what's happening right now with people can't talk to each other face to face in the same room if they disagree on a topic yeah. right because they because they we, it just doesn't work anymore because we're so drawn apart yeah and we don't we and we have the same chest beating that's not me i'm not the one getting manipulated and right? i think neil brought out a, a real a real exercise is to uh, seek out and uh, you know consider at least read the um, the opinions that uh, you uh, you have you have neglected because you know I'm not uh, I'm not a, a neoliberal capitalist but mm-hmm. you know the the only um, thing you're going to do by by reading that is is try and get an understanding of uh, you know where do these where do these other ideas or uh, or uses come from and and what you know the search for common ground is is tough because uh, you know where do you find um, uh, common ground with uh, with people but you know I, I think it can come back to uh, well this guy is uh, is all about uh, 
you know, turning the greatest profit from his investments and whatnot. But, uh, you know, what, what's his motive? Maybe he just wants to, uh, you know, raise a family like I do. Well, and, exactly. Uh, you know, where's, where's our common ground here? And maybe we can... Uh, the co the common ground is always on the needs, right? That's like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Everybody needs a drink of water. Everybody needs yeah. some clothes to put on. Everybody yeah. needs something in their belly. And that's not to say that we we lower the standard of living until that's what everybody gets, which no. is what people hear when you say that. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. The multi-billionaire cannot afford the best cancer treatment. You want to know why? It doesn't exist right now. Because mm. because you have competing, because the, the five top uh, biomedical engineers in the world work mm -hmm. for different companies right now, and yeah. they compete against each other. So yeah. they and Plus, they patent their stuff and hide it away from each other. Yeah. So, so, if you get rid of the profit motive in that regard, even the billionaire gets a better yeah. cancer treatment. Yeah, the you know that's always been a, um, a troubling thought to me because I, I I think in you and you probably you know in coaching sports and whatnot, um, the aspect of competition does tend to sharpen the tools and does yes. tend to uh, bright you know highlight the mind. Yet the competition that leads to exclusive. Uh, control is is the dangerous thing and it's not so bad that two researchers are trying to uh, find the best way to do something um, but as long as at the end of the day the best way or the you know the way that works the best is uh, becomes the everyone's uh, way to do it and it's it's you know I, I honestly think that maybe it's a question of scale maybe you know uh, if um, if things don't get to the mega corporation and the mega uh, size, then uh, if you can fund people, you know, just to do their jobs, and uh, and and smaller enterprises are naturally more competitive. You know, the uh, the baker down the street from the other baker, um, they're they're competitive to you know make the best uh, product. But at the end of the day. You know, you, you find that if the, if that baker's oven breaks down, the other guy says to him, "Well, you can use my oven." Or, mm -hmm. or like just recently, the guy who lost his cattle in the in the dairy farm. You know, well, I'll take your cattle and uh, and feed them in my farm. So at a certain scale, the, you know, the competition um, is 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 sharpens the tools. Yet when it becomes part of uh, you know big agra. Big Agra says, "Listen, buddy, uh, it's none of our business whether he goes out of business or not. In fact, yeah. if he goes out of business, we look better. So yeah, you know, exactly. we're not we're not taking his cows in, or yeah. you know, we're not letting him use our ovens. You know, that's yeah. where it seems to break down." I think there's two parts in what you said there, which is good. Competition it does make it better, but there's also the whole, the like competition doesn't go away just because you remove the money. No, that's the right. one thing people go. Oh, well, yeah. nobody be competitive. Well, have you ever played a sport and paid yeah. money to do it? Yeah. Well, how come you keep showing up? Nobody's paying you to do that. Yeah. You're, you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it because competitive drive is just a natural inclination that we have. Yeah. And and all predator species have competitive drive. Yeah. If you take them, if you take the lion out of the savanna, he's going to be competitive in a different environment. It's, yeah. it's the drive that he has. Yeah. And we're a predator species, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah. It's I would love to be competitive over who, which science team. Is it the yeah. Stockholm team? Is it the yeah. is it the Sydney, Australia team? Which science team is coming up with the cure for, uh, yeah. for uh, Alzheimer's disease yeah. this year? Yeah. You know, I'd love to have those types of competitions. Yeah, yeah. no, you're absolutely right. And they share their data. Yeah, and it's something you know when, when I watch uh, um, 
you know, when I watch uh, Auckland and, and, and Reed and, and, and growing up, if you say to Reed, uh, you know, uh, I will uh, race you to get your clothes on to go out the door, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's quite an incentive for him. And, that's right. and even even with Auckland, you know, you say, let's uh, let's see who can get this done. And, uh, and you know, these are incentives when, uh, you know, and I think it's 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 an important part of uh, of, of being of developing as a human is that you know, uh, you know if if Reed's throwing the, uh, the the blocks into the bag to pick up and Lachlan wants to do the same thing and, and mm-hmm. you know get the uh, get that done and, and these are uh, these are are very important <laughs> like you say they're probably you know built into the uh, to the human program from uh, mm-hmm. from from wherever and. Uh, but you know we are also built in as, as human beings are uh, are social and uh, um, and we need we need we've you know we 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 need a tribe we need a village you know mm-hmm. and uh, we don't uh, we do much much better when we cooperate than uh, I feel like sometimes we need that tribe so much that we even make it up if it's not if it's not mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, who's your sports team? Yeah. Who's your football team? Yeah. You the Denver Broncos. Like, yeah. have you ever been yeah. to Denver? Yeah. Why are they your sports team? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'll have to go on the uh, record as saying Kansas City should win the Super Bowl. Okay. Because <laughs> I've been to Kansas City. All right. Yeah. Well, you should, so you have some reason <laughs> to join their team. Yeah. But it's that that thing that's everywhere. It's like, oh, you like that? No, you should like this. And, and everyone is just vying for acceptance. That's pro- yeah. That's. I think those two things are true. That we're we need each other. We we have to be around each other, and we we like it when people like things that we do, and we don't like it when people don't like things that we do. Yeah. So we, we manipulate ourselves and change ourselves so that we're comfortable in all situations. I think the the trick is how do you uh, how do you have a, a healthy competition, but you don't get to the point like. Uh, you know the uh, the football uh, gangs in Europe uh, yeah. when you know being for your your team is about uh, beating up the uh, the other guy and uh, well i think it's it's like it's like anything too much of a good thing exactly. is always going to be is yeah. always going to corrupt yeah. and uh, especially right now with sports it, you know it's bread and circus is what it is mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. uh and, and politics know, <laughs> and politics all right and it's yeah. And politics is basically just another circus, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, there's the there's the camp of people, and you're you're probably in this camp, and I know Neil is for sure. Saying, I understand it's broken, and it doesn't it's not doing much for us. But that's the only way we're going to get out is if we is if we use it to our advantage. And I don't I don't totally disagree with that, but but I see it as like you know the I see it as the Beatles, you know, having a chat inside the belly of the chicken saying, you know, mm-hmm. if we work the system from within, we're going to really get through this, and the chicken doesn't care, because <laughs> it's already eat the beetles, yeah. and they can have all the meetings they want, they're already in his belly, um, that's the way I kind of see the po- political game, but yeah. um, I can't remember what we were saying right before that. About uh, Neil's uh, faith that the system could probably be changed from uh, Yeah, from and, I, and I don't totally, like, believe me, there are tool, there are levers in place that you could pull one of them. Mm-hmm. And you could you could reset. You could do it. I just think that to get to that lever and to have someone actually pull it, yeah, it's not going to happen because it, I think you know one of the one of the things that we've lost um, mostly. I don't know. I would say lost, but you know, the people who study history can look and see can 
see trends. I don't know if we study enough history anymore, but we can see trends that, you know, what what has what has happened. And there have been times, I think, when, you know, there have been big changes in the curve where, uh, you know, maybe after the Second World War would be the, the, one of the closest ones. That, mm-hmm. You know, big changes in the curve or maybe even before that with the, with the New Deal and Roosevelt and whatnot. We, we are able to make... Uh, Revolutionary changes in the curve—they don't happen very often, and there must be, there, there has to be some kind of a, um, I think, a, a serious uh, reason, uh, uh, some kind of an existential threat that uh, society decides. You know what? I'm putting that mask on and I'm staying home. Yeah, it's uh, like the fear and hope thing that 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 is that what Neil's talk is all about. Mm-hmm. That's really good talk, by the way. Yeah. He was been trying to get me to watch it for weeks and weeks, and I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it." But uh, yeah. man, it's, there's really good content in there. Yeah. And I, and I'm reading this book right now. It says uh, um, there's a guy who says, uh, you know, it's never been easier to start a business to get your information out there, right? Mm-hmm. And he says because of that, everyone can do it. And it's never been harder to get your message heard. And yes. I, and and I feel like that talk right there, man. If he, if he was up on the TED stage or something, that would have. Mm-hmm. That would, but I think he's only got like a few, like maybe ten or fifteen likes on it right now. But mm, yeah. um, it's just the way it is. Like I hate that there's all this great information floating around out there. It's almost like the beginning of the internet. Like they used to call the internet like uh, the greatest library in the world. This was before search engines. They used to call it the greatest library in the world, but all the books are scattered on the floor. Mm. And so mm-hmm. then Google fixed that problem. They said, well, we're going to organize this yeah. database and yeah. you know, show you how to get yeah. the information. Yeah. And I feel like there's something similar happening right now with content production. There's so many mm-hmm. smart people putting intelligent stuff out yeah. there, yeah. and but it, we're all books scattered on the floor. No, we're not yeah. working together to try to figure it out. Yeah, and, you know, and that that very same uh, AI that says, uh, "Oh, you looked at the post on those four trucks, and here's a bunch of four trucks right. you can buy." Yeah. The very same AI, you know, could sort this uh, this library that's scattered that's right. and uh, yeah. and say, you know, uh, oh, you're looking for an interesting point of view on. Uh, on whatever, uh, here's a podcast by Bob, and, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Wisconsin. Bob yeah. in Wisconsin, how are you? <laughs> yeah, so that's what I feel like. Now we're, like, I'm like, I'm like a, I'm like a 90s kid, right? The mm-hmm. internet, to me, is a much different thing than, like, kids that were, kids that are experiencing the internet for the first time. Like, I experienced yep. the internet for the first time probably when I was, like, 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And the internet for me was is a, was a completely different experience than the internet for a ten year old, eleven year old right now. Right, Absolutely. right now it's a it's a corridor, mm-hmm. and you have you know you go on the right pe- areas. You can't go on, and there's very very well directed. There's street lights, you know. There's stop signs. There's yeah. the traffic moves in the direction that the dominant culture wants it to move. Yeah, and it's smooth. And when, I, when, I, when the internet was first presented to me, it was like, it's the Wild West. You yeah. can do anything you want. Yeah. And I remember uh, I started this, now boot camps and like like fitness training outdoors. These these are everywhere, right? These yeah. little gyms. Yeah. I remember when I was, I think I was 18 or 19, I went on this new website called Kijiji, which oh, was yeah. like basically like you used to have to get the bargain hunter. But then yeah. this was like the bargain hunter on the internet, mm-hmm. right? And it was basically yeah. a one page. And I put this ad up saying... Uh, Put this ad up saying I'm doing a boot camp, mm. right? Uh, and I, 
And, I, and the reason why I got so many participants is because there was a little like fitness and exercise category, but I just copied it and I put it in all the categories, <laughs> right? I, I but you're looking for a car? How about a boot camp instead? Right? <laughs> and so my ad penetration, because there was no rules, there was nobody dialing me back, yeah, right? Yeah. It was, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. I got like hundreds of uh, yeah. participants, right? Because yeah. I could just talk to them where they were. I didn't even think of a boot camp, you know? yeah. and nobody got mad at me because it was the early yeah. days of the internet, That's right? right? Yeah. And uh, but that but so that, those freedoms, like in Edward Snowden's book, he talks about the same thing. He's about my age, right? Mm-hmm. And when he started going on the internet, he thought it was it was crazy. He just stayed up all night long yeah. because yeah. what he learned how to do was called. Uh, um, it's not even a, you can't even do it anymore, but it's called a database. Um, you're all done, okay, bud. You can put yeah, it to the side. Good. Yeah. You want to put it give to the side? Oops. Thank you. I can get to play with the wheel. There we go. I guess I can all get the wheel started again. Huh? You turn the key to the left. It should. Or just yeah. uh, anyway, it's called database crawling. Where if you see a uh, the key, if you turn it to the left, I think towards the, the ignition key. You said the. Oh, the ignition key. Yeah. <laughs> That's the shifter. Oh, yes, that's right. doesn't uh, look much like a shifter. Um, it's called database crawling. When you go to website, www.daveswebsite.com slash, right? Mm-hmm. It'll say where you're at. Yep. Index, whatever. Well, if it says like slash, you know, if you have an unsecured site, it might say slash programs slash documents slash, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so he went to the NSA's website oh, yeah. and he got the whole yeah. database. Yeah. He could see the whole thing. He yeah. goes, oh, these are just nested files. And he could, see, could see the pattern probably in the... Yeah, because uh, it wasn't secured back then. Address, and yeah. it, exactly. And so what he started doing is called database crawling where he just he just knock out the last mm-hmm. position. That, okay, now I got all yeah. these files. Knock yeah. out the last one before that. Yeah. I got all these ones. Yeah. And what he did is he wrote a letter to the NSA saying, hey, I've done this. <clears throat> Anyone can do this if they mm-hmm. understand... Your, your network is completely unsecure yeah. and they wrote him back a letter like they locked it down they took it down they they made it all secure they did what mm-hmm. they had to do and they he they uh, brought him into the NSA and apparently they they congratulated him and mm-hmm. they, they thanked him for making you know the the world more secure place yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of ironic because yes. he did the opposite later on but yeah no, you're absolutely right I mean it, it, it and you know people thought it was only the uh, it was only the the geeks who would bother to, uh, you know, look at the characters and uh, well, manipulate exactly. them. That would uh, bother, you know, yeah. and uh, and and it, I mean, I think the original uh, internet was put together by people who were kind of um, of the libertarian and uh, free um, access to information yeah. mindset, anyway. And uh, one of the in my early days at the uh, well, and it wasn't the community college; it was NSIT at that time, but. Uh, um, you know, one of the early colleagues there went on to uh, to write an HTML uh, editor and uh, made oh, yeah. a few dollars on it in the early days, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, that was he was really quite a character. He was a he was um, probably if I was in my what would I be in my thirties? He was probably in his forties, at least at least yeah, at least a decade on me. But he had uh, you know what what I had done with uh, with with. Uh, ASCII characters he had done with uh, with with ones and zeros on computers. So, oh, I see. So he was really, uh, uh, you know, one of the pioneers in uh, in making computers talk to each other. And uh, but uh, yeah, he went off. He lives in uh, in Los Angeles now, and uh, he he was a, he was a um, 
an American who had come to Canada. I don't know if the Vietnam War had something to do with it or not, but he taught at Acadia for a while, and he was, uh, when I ran into him, he was teaching at uh, NSIT, and then uh, he made a few dollars on his HTML editor and moved to the, back to the States. Yeah. That was the other thing that, that you could do in the beginning of the internet, is you could make all kinds of money. So, uh, Pat has a friend, Keith, who... <laughs> He started a website, right? This was before the marketers knew anything about the internet. They just knew they needed to be involved, right? Mm-hmm. Like Pepsi, Coke. I don't know what this is, but we got to be involved, yeah. right? Yeah. And so he had this HTML website, just index, right? Just, and it was all these banners click that he made and uh, just said Pepsi, Coke, right? Oh, yeah. or like, oh, yeah. And he got paid per click, right? Oh. He would just sit there. That was his part-time job. He would just sit there and click the banners. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and they did. Wow, we're getting a lot of traffic through your site. <laughs> they didn't have any idea that it was just him sitting there clicking the banners all afternoon. Yeah, and those were the things you could get away with because it was fine. Right? They had, a, they had a, a, a media contract with them or whatever they signed. <laughs> However, he was getting the money. It was all above board. Yeah. They just didn't know it was just him <laughs> going to the Coke website yeah. a thousand times a day. And, and now they uh, now they pay people to uh, to do just that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So if it, uh, or they pay people to be to be robots and. Uh, oh, that one. Yeah, it's precariously balanced. Yeah. Right. There we go. You need what's that? Uh, there's a person. There's balance, a. Um, balance. Balance. Yeah. What do you think, Bud? You haven't been very talkative. Hmm. Did Did you find Did you find your tongue? Where's your tongue? It's in right your mouth. There. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How does it work? Does it sing? Does your tongue sing? Yeah. Uh, Don't get hit by the curse, by the bus. See the big transit bus, Lachlan? No, there goes the big bus. The wheel, I see the wheels on the bus too, Lachlan. Huh? No, oh, no Mac Pass on, the, on no, this car. No Mac Pass on this car. Mm-hmm. A pocket Mac Pass. Do you remember when this bridge wasn't here? No. Uh, no. It, I think 55 was when it was was opened and uh, well you remember when that one wasn't there uh, yes yeah that was built in the 60s wasn't it yeah 60s yes it was yeah it, uh, so I came to Halifax in 1970 to uh, to go to Dalhousie and uh, I don't think it was finished then but it was funny you know uh, uh, living at on the Dal campus I in, in at least in the first few years uh, there, I didn't travel much uh, beyond the Dow campus, certainly uh, not much beyond uh, where the buses in Halifax were going. So. Um, did you see that your old, uh, your old um, residence down there is going back to condos? That's what it was originally, wasn't well, it? Well, yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was a building that the original developer um, uh, sold to Dalhousie because uh, one of the great things of the um, of the baby boomers uh, of my generation was there was a lot of us and uh, um, the universities uh, uh, all through my you know uh, my my life the uh, people had to gear up for the baby boomers so they had to build schools and they had to build right. gyms and, and eventually when uh, the baby boomers were going to university Dalhousie had to find more space for them so uh, Say, 
first. You can make some money if you follow their mm-hmm. path. So if you got into diapers in the fifties, oh, absolutely, yeah, that was a good, good, yeah. good to get into pampers in the fifties, yeah. right? Then, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's one chap, I don't know his name, but, uh, you know, his, his whole uh, idea of organizing things is it's all about demographics. You know, mm-hmm. the, we've uh, we've responded uh, uh, in society to the number of people we've had and, right. you know, and their needs. And, and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we're very much a reactive species. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. though we, we pat ourselves on the back for being the only species that knows how to plan. Yeah. Uh, we don't really plan that well. <laughs> no. We no, don't but, plan for longer than 100 years. But one of the interesting things of the new technologies, and, and you've seen some of them, is that uh, uh, our, and the vaccines is a case in point, our time from uh, need or idea to implementation is getting shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. We've, we've got, you know, much better tools, and uh, we've, we've got an accumulated body of uh, of understanding so uh, well that's you know. that's one of those other crazy things right that people say like oh how do you explain you know if we didn't have a market system to drive the vax the the uh, covid vaccine no way we would get a covid vax vaccine as quickly as we have right in under 12 months yeah. and you just say what are you talking about the covid vaccine was developed strictly that quickly strictly because it we knocked out the hindrance of the monetary system because yeah. everyone said money is no option exactly exactly do what you need to get yeah. it done yeah. pfizer knew they were going to get paid yeah. Like, hey, take whatever you need. How many hours do you need in the lab? Take it all. What's yeah. the equipment you need? Take it all. Yeah. They did not put a cap on the spending, no. and that's why. Yeah. And in fact, you know, one of the books I just picked up, uh, Seth Klein, he says, you know, the, uh, the we need to go on a war footing uh, to uh, to fight climate change. But he says, you know, when you look at it, when when we go on a white, uh, we, we know we're in an emergency when money is no object. That's right. And we say, well, how much do we spend? What we need. You know, exactly. and he cites a number of airplanes and battleships that Canada built um, in the war. You know, was was greater than any, any other country uh, in the alliance. You know, right. we we just turned the factories into places to build war machines, and we built them. That's and, right. Uh, how much did it cost? Well, it cost a lot of money, and but but you know, people and you say, well, I'm worried that. Uh, and this and that's going to cause me not to have a job. Well, however, you know, if when we tackle, you know, our problems uh, um, as as an emergency, with when money is no object, it's full employment. You know, that's right. If you can, uh, you know, in the war, if you could uh, work in a factory, you had a job. That's and, right, yeah. You know, there was no, uh, you know, if you could go to war, you had a job too. Not a not a, not a very safe job, but yeah. so you know we. The idea that we need the market system to uh, to make big changes probably uh, the market system is a very slow way, in, 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 you know, as fast as they think it is. It's a it's it's a slow compared to you know declaring an existential emergency and all hands on deck. Yeah. Then we can get things amazing things done in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. Although it's not gone, but just hold it low. Oh, is your is your milk gone? No, I see some. Just hold it low. Yeah, there you, you got go. it. Did you get some? Get some. Get some yeah. milk. So, yeah. so what are you, what are you, what are you picking up when you uh, see your dad and your granddad uh, talking so much? Are you going to be a talking boy? I think so. Yeah, he likes <laughs> to talk and he likes to sing. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about this. We haven't we haven't talked much about father figureness, no, that's but right. yeah. but um, me and Katie, we just we're in awe with what it's like to be parents. And to have him around all the time, 
and it's so nice when he discovers something new and you can see his like you can see his brain light up that he's like learning a new thing and he's engaging with that thing mm-hmm. and um, or or uh, what did I show him the other day I showed him just how to click his or it was like this I was doing the noise with my mouth anyway just a just a new thing that I didn't he's never Cow, there's milk in there bud there's, there's milk there sweetheart it's should just... we go get some milk at Tim Hortons maybe yeah is there a Tim Hortons down here uh, let me see nearest Tim Hortons is near here um, I thought there was one down there yeah there's one down there is yeah. it yeah. oh yeah there is um, should have an app for that. So anyway, my back to my thing is that um, everything that he does, we're just like sit there and we're just it's it's amazing, right? And everything that makes him happy makes us really happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm we're just always I'm just always thinking of this concept of like if Lo- if what makes Lachlan happy makes Lachlan happy makes me super super happy that's a great feeling to have right mm-hmm. it's yeah. this new thing where where like another person's happiness actually like drives your own happiness yeah. and the and uh, there's only one thing i can think that will make him the happiest right and so i think about this time when this is accomplished which is when he has a son or a daughter mm-hmm. that everything that that baby does makes him happy going to be his mm-hmm. happiest thing yeah. and I'm going to be so happy <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. it'll be like two layers of mega happiness well, exactly. and that's what yeah. being a grandfather is right absolutely yes no that's exactly and you know one of the interesting observations is that uh, you know we had our children in our 20s and Chris had his children in his 20s and it's a different uh, parenthood in your 20s than it is in your 30s mm-hmm. and uh, um, Do you want another coffee? No, no, thanks. Hi, can I get a medium two cream and a small uh, white milk? Medium two cream and small white milk? Yep. Uh, yep, that's it. Okay, Thank you. I'll get you some more milk, bud. So that that uh, maturity of the 30s uh, produces a, an appreciation uh, that you've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I have a Tim card. Thank you. Thank you. Papa, help you get your milk, bud. Mm-hmm. Let me put the milk in there. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, so that 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 new experience, it, uh, I wish I if I could sit down with this, I could write it, and you would know what's in my brain completely. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot better at expressing myself after I have a bunch of minutes to think about what it is the message I want to deliver. But to me, it's that the new experience is what creates happiness in Lachlan. Happiness in Lachlan creates happiness in me. And the new experience of having a baby for me should create happiness in you by the same mm-hmm. by the same tool, yeah. right? Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And that's a new experience for you. 
isn't it? To have a grandson. Well, not not a new experience. Well, no. You've had a grandson before, but yeah. to have Lachlan as your grandson is a new another new experience. Absolutely, yeah. So if your dad is up there, yeah. that's a that's making him happy, right? Oh yes. Yeah, oh yeah, that's an interesting extension. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, it must be, right? Because you don't I mean, well you know better than me because you're older and you yeah. have more sons. Is there a point where you stop being thankful and oh, no, and, and, absolutely and proud no. of your son because no. I go everything he does to me is like that's amazing I can't believe yeah. you did that already the, the distinction between the um, um, the children of your 20s and the children of your 30s is that um, in your 20s it's a very busy time because you're uh, you know you're establishing yourself and you're building your career and, and, and you're new at work and all of that sort of stuff so you know the um, uh, the thing that I look back and say well you know uh, uh, Kim and Chris didn't have the same time with their dad that uh, that that you know that Pat and you did mm-hmm. so there was a there was more of a, um, and because the time wasn't there, there was more of the um, um, sense that you mentioned uh, around you and Pat than there was uh, around Chris and Kim. Okay. But the the compensating uh, <coughs> side of that was that um, you know the rather than seeing the um, the wonder in every day with Kim and Chris, it was the the standout wonder that. Uh, you know, made you, you know, the big events were always ones of wonder and uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, made you stop and say, oh, well, you know, and, uh, and but I think, you know, that's, uh, I suppose the, the, um, uh, the good side of, uh, of, of children in your 20s is that, um, uh, is that you know, you're, you are uh, taking on, the, you're, as a parent, you're taking on that task of, you know, creating a, um, a solid foundation for uh, the family you know you got to have a job and you got to have a place to live and all that sort of stuff so so those are things that are, are probably best you know uh, done in your 20s and then um, uh, the other part of it is that gee I'm really glad to have teenage uh, grandchildren because uh, you know that not only gives me a, um, a look at people that, of, of uh, you know toddler and, and school age but you know I'm I'm very, you know, able to sit back and say, well, isn't it wonderful to have uh, teenage grandchildren and see how they're, you know, growing into uh, into adults, which you know you really have to have, uh, you know, uh, uh, you have to have children in your twenties to, to, you know, be uh, vital when they do that. You know, you can be, uh, you can be uh, in your eighties and saying, uh, hey, what's your name again, girl? Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I guess. Statue Lily. Lee. <laughs> Well, and I don't think that that's necessarily, I mean, the case either, but, you know, certainly, you know, uh, it only makes sense the more energy you have, the more energy you can um, uh, enjoy your uh, children and grandchildren mm-hmm. with. It's, you know, I, 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 I feel very fortunate, and I say to people all the time, oh, yeah, you know, uh, my children and grandchildren live within 20 kilometers of where I am, and uh, people say, "Oh, that's amazing! That is amazing! It's wonderful! It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a village uh, situation that uh, we thought was going to disappear with, uh, you know, uh, people uh, traveling to the west for work and things like that, and it has disappeared for 
you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of, it was even, you know, my, even my own parents didn't have the, um, the kind of, uh, uh, family connectedness that I've been able to have because, mm -hmm. you know, even, you know, their, their sons were, uh, spread some very far, and and not so for, far. For you, no internet and stuff like that, and I know you probably made the odd phone call up to your dad or your mom, but yeah, it's might as well you might as well have been in Calgary. Yeah, that's exactly true. And and the other side of that was that generation that came through the war. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know there were um, different. Um, there was a strong uh, need for them to have their children be independent. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, no. Uh, you know, particularly amongst, it was one of the things I found, you know, going to Dal in the 70s was, it was a wonderful time because when I looked around, uh, you know, the residents at Dal, there were the children of steel workers and the children of coal miners and, and people who, because of the economic situation at the time and the, and the culture, um, were, were able to go to university without it being an arm and a leg proposition. There was right. loans and there was, and you know, that um, that was very much the desire of the coal miner and steel worker parents. Right. That, uh, okay. that, you know, you you get out there, and you know, I went to I went to the war, and uh, things are different now. You can yeah, you, you can have, have more to. than I had. Yeah. And, uh, so and, everybody uh, wants a better life for their children. Right? And for your parents, that was as simple as they're not going into another war, mm -hmm. which yep. is which is pretty like that's a pretty low bar to set. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and not not that not that. But I agree. Not not for them. They, not they for realize, them. It was no. a high bar because yeah. they had been through a war. Yeah. And they say that we're going to make sure that they don't go to another war. Yeah. And uh, but you could see then that's that's great that they had that real desire of of. Uh, wanting their kids to outrun them yeah and they saw you know they saw that uh, that education uh, was the path to do that now I don't know if if formal education has um, lived up to its uh, its full potential I, I, I don't I, I, I think we've we've slipped back uh, in, 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 in one generation we slipped back to so. uh, uh, you know, it's not about the education, it's about the certificate or the degree. It all goes back to what I was saying in the beginning uh, <coughs> about the, that rear differential. Like, if you understand the concept well enough, you can explain it simply. And <clears throat> and you can get complex things out to people and have them download that information. And I think we've gone, we have gone backwards in formal education because I think your dad got back from the war and he said, you're giving me a free education. I'm going to go be an engineer. I'm going to exactly. get. I'm going to go. You know, I'm not going to go study. You know, I don't. I don't want to knock anybody's profession here. But like he said, you could tell the the engine in his mind turned and said, "I'm going to do the thing that has the most applicable ability for me yeah. to get a job." Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it's going to yeah. give me the most real life relevant experience and skills. Yeah. And, and when and he went to engineering school, it was probably a lot different than the engineering school now, which is a lot probably a lot more theory. He was probably. Wiring circuits and like yeah well and and uh, it, it was a time when you know the uh, uh, well Uncle Ferris was uh, was also in that that group of people who returned from the uh, the war and went to engineering school because uh, you know what you know, like with Dad you know he grew up in in industrial Cape Breton and uh, you know uh, there were coal mines and steel mills and uh, there was a job for an engineer uh, 
you know, when he was when he was qualified. And similarly with uh, with Ferris, he was he grew up in Halifax, and uh, you know the uh, post-war building and was going on, and uh, you know they were both uh, in electrical engineering, and uh, they knew that uh, you know there would be a job. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and I just feel had like to, and they had come from uh, you know being serving in the military where you know you got things done for an objective. That's know? right. And, uh, that and also there must have been along with the baby boom obviously like the baby boom was a pretty uh what's the word i'm looking for like uh levity like it was a like it was a pretty happy time it must have been right like the war's over yeah we got all this all this equipment that we geared up like that equipment didn't go away and they're smart enough to retool their factories to say these can make cars we can make (laughs) i mean and that's what they did they went to work yeah they just kept that engine going yeah and uh, i feel like it was uh it was this good brave new world type of thing and that that is what we had with the information yeah. age when the internet came that was what we were doing we were tooling up again and we we're like oh we're pushing this out and that's what we did we made a global community in a couple years and then it be- it started to become like 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 we didn't maintain the bridges that your dad and his and his and his buddies built yeah, right and we didn't we didn't keep the, 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 the transportation system running smoothly. Like we didn't, we started to fall back, and we didn't. We're doing the same thing with inf- with information. We're not, we didn't keep those lines of communication lubricated or whatever we need to do. And now where it's it's becoming uh, just something that's there. Well, some of the some of the um, uh, people who've written about that say um, they they realized when the, uh, the first war and and the second war. I think maybe all wars. There's, there's a social leveling that occurs. You come back and you realize that, um, you know, one thing, you know, we, the people who, uh, who have the prominence and the power in the society look around and say, well, I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for that guy who, you know, put down his, his uh, tools and became a soldier, and this guy and this woman. And so there's a, a social leveling that um, they say after the Second World War, the, the people who came back who weren't, who weren't in the social economic position of power said, well, now we want some. Right. You know, we went to Europe. We we, did we it. beat the Nazi, yep. and now we're going to build some houses, yep. and you're going to help us. That's and now right. we're going to go to school, and you're going to help us. Right. There was a demand. Unions became strong, and there was a social demand. And also, I think amongst those who um, who, who from whom it was demanded, a sense that yeah, we owe you something. We you do. Know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and go. That, that's, that's great. And, and it's and I think in times of uh, like that, and, and you know, this pandemic could be. That's why they say it could be another opportunity. People could say, you know, well. We kept you alive. Now we want something. Now yeah. we want you to take care of our elderly and pay for their uh, their their care. We want you to make the uh, the drug system less profit oriented. We want you to, so there'll be there's the opportunity to say you owe us, mm-hmm. and now let's do it. Yeah. And and uh, you know um, I, I wonder what happens when 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 people say you owe us and you don't get a response. Well, I think there's some in history it says well sometimes you have to look out because. There might be a general strike. You might find that you always becomes, you know, we're gonna we're gonna level this field uh, one way or the other. So let's do it the good way. Let's right. do it where, uh, you know, you you share some of the resources and we we move on as opposed to you keep all the resources and we have a fight. Right. Because we can fight. Remember. Remember we can yeah, fight. That's right. And when that, yeah. that 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 would have been a very real. I mean, in the fifties, the war was not that far away. It was in the 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 recent memory yes. of living and yeah. and thirty year old men my age 
who were supposed to, like probably the engines right mm-hmm. of the society had recently yeah. been in battle yeah and that's a that's a different that must have been a different much yeah. different environment oh yes yeah and you know it um, um a lot of people you know and i think uh, when you think of uh, you know um your grandparents and your granduncles and so on uh, those who had uh, served in the war you know one of the characteristics is that they don't didn't talk about it much i think i think and that was probably you know it, it was a, a, a very you know, we talked today about you know post-traumatic stress syndrome but it, it it was a very transforming experience in their lives and uh, and a lot of the things that they decided uh, were important uh, were a consequence of that and, and you know they're good and bad things that were a consequence of that so there's a concept sometimes where it's like uh, you know they say like for some people some soldiers it depends on what level you're at right but like for some soldiers the Cold War is still going on they're still at war right and and you know there's parts of me that think that the debriefing situation may have happened on some ships where um, you know they're coming back and they're and they're yeah well, there's the port but we're gonna stay out here for a couple weeks and your next mission now is to tighten this tighten the lid on this and we're gonna get about doing and for you guys I don't know if this was a real thing but I can imagine a situation where where a commanding officer or, or a leader would say your next mission now is to make sure that you don't let the the lid come off this anymore and you're still in the fight and it's not going to be easy and I know um, mom's dad went with that mission and he chopped down trees with his shirt off in the woods for several months because he had to keep a lid on it but he did that and then he was able to make a business and support his family and and get about the get about the work right and it's probably about that they didn't talk about it it really is and if the support was there but maybe they were smart enough to say look our factories right now we're tooled up for war we're still in the fight and there is not a psychiatrist you can go talk to right now so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to stay in this battle here and you're gonna you're gonna have to fight it out in your mind and get the job done we still have an objective to do and the objective is rebuilding our society it's interesting one of the uh, uh, spiritual people that I read a lot uh, Richard Rohr he mentions that the Japanese had a formal um, ceremony that the returning uh, the returning veteran was uh, brought into the uh, town square and the you know the mayor or the official and the crowd would come and say good and faithful soldier thank you and now turn down your weapons and begin a new life they would have a formal transition from being soldier to being a civilian right and uh, and, and you know we're we we may not admit it a lot but we are uh, human beings uh, are people who need uh, who need ceremony and who need celebration and who need mourning these are all things that uh, that we, we can't poo poo because uh, if you don't have them you're missing something if you have them it it uh, you know we don't we don't celebrate uh, big events uh, uh, because it's on the calendar because it's important to us to celebrate big events you know, so, and so we need these things and that's uh, you know and it, the you know the philosophy that sometimes uh, seemed to be a play in North America well particularly maybe in Canada more than the states was you know well suck it up uh, stiff upper lip tap and uh, you know and you know that uh, that 
was a you know a philosophy of the time. I'm sure that was something that was an entirely necessary. You know, when you were in a uh, uh, a boat going across the North North Atlantic uh, to uh, to go to Europe to fight in uh, you know the. Uh, it's interesting when you um, when you compare and my 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 time teaching at the Naval Fleet School. You compare the the warships of. Uh, of this time with the warships of uh, of the war you know the navy and rightly so and, and u.s navy i think also is is concerned about the creature comforts of the sailor right, right. which wasn't a uh, you know how many sailors can we get in this tub and yeah. get it across the atlantic right. of the wartime so it was a you know suck it up and uh, and uh, you know there's more important things than your uh, your comfort and maybe even your health as you Travel across the uh, Atlantic on this rusty boat, and uh, it wasn't rusty, I suppose. But I think that I think yeah, it's brand new, probably. Yeah. But I think that you get to a point where something can get so bad that you need yeah. to do what is necessary. Yeah. And uh, that's that's probably the society let that go too far. And you know, like even in Germany, they saw that coming. I mean, uh, from miles away. Mm. But you just it's one thing after another, and then it gets too far down the line, and then you go, okay, now we gotta now we gotta make a hard decision here. And it's because if we don't, it's not gonna end well. Um, it's, it's almost like that idea that you can take a person and you can remove him from his environment, and you can put him in a new environment, and you can get in, you can get entirely different behaviors out of that person mm-hmm. based on the way you stimulate him in the new environment. And, that, and war is a great example of that. Yeah. Ministers, and you have, uh, you know, like, uh, like I'm sure, like, <laughs> all kinds of different, um, I don't know why ministers just popped in my head, but all kinds of different people from all kinds of different walks of life taking the lives of other humans. Mm. And it's because of the, it's because of the, the, the environment that you take them from, mm. which I, I can also imagine if we had a better concept and a better full understanding of that, that that is true, that when you change a person's environment, you can change the way that they behave and the way that they think. Yeah. There could have been, there could be, um, I can imagine a scenario where someone is going through a loss because they can't reconcile the way that they behave when they are at war. And, and someone grabbing them, you know, by the shirt, and instead of saying, you know, toughen up, as the, as the main message, someone saying, I was there too, I did that too, and that wasn't you, and it wasn't me. We were different people mm-hmm. because of the way that we were, because of the way that, with the situation we yeah. were in. Yeah. So you have to let that person die. Um, yeah. He died in the war, and you are a different person Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Yeah. it uh, yeah, it's... Um, the uh, you know the circumstances um, you know, change you know the person that maybe you uh, you can be and uh, that's why I find this search for who you are is very uh, interesting <laughs> concept because what, yeah. what are you going to find yeah. you are what you are at the time based on how you are being stimulated and what what type of food you're eating and what type of music you're listening to and what you the people you hang out with. What country you live in, that's who you are. You are a product of your actions, and your actions are a product of your environment. And that's a concept that I think that would be great if we really fully accepted, like gravity. If I drop this, it's going to hit the ground? Mm-hmm. Well, if we fully accepted, hey, if I put this guy in a foster home uh, and you know switch him around a bunch of times and send him to a, a bad public school, he's going to get into drugs and maybe murder somebody. You know, if, if it was as connected as as that... And that's going to hurt me. So I want to avoid that. 
right? Then that would be great if we had that type of connection with that that concept. If your life is suffering, mine's in trouble. Yeah. Whoa. I want, I want my first objective then is to make sure you're not suffering anymore, so yeah. that I feel better. Yeah. Right. And, and you know that's uh, those ideas uh, are out there. It's uh, one of the ideas behind uh, you know uh, Joe, President Biden's uh, immigration policy is that well people won't be rushing to the United States if we uh, help the countries that they live in make life there more livable. People, you know, the I remember reading somewhere that, you know, people don't put their children in a leaky boat unless it's absolutely the last uh, exactly. the last thing that yeah. uh, that they that they need to do. Yeah. So, you know, make make the and that's that's of course uh, you know, a lot of the relief agencies have said, "Yeah, you you you're worried about uh, about immigration. Well, rightly or wrongly, is a way to not be worried. Uh, is 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 take care of the people where they are, and uh, they you know they don't want to leave home. You take care of them there. And, uh, well, that's uh, that, uh, that's that's a good uh, analogy too to to say like you know people always take the path of least resistance. Now, can you imagine how a person is twisted, prodded, poked, and squeezed? that getting, risking the lives of their child to get into a, a boat during a storm yeah. to get onto another boat is the path of least resistance for them? Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Oh, did you want to go get the car? Um, let me just check with uh, your mother and see what, uh, she sent a, a, a cryptic message that says, okay with Lily. <laughs> okay with Lily? Yeah, so I can interpret that in many ways. I think she means it's okay if if Lily brings the car. Yeah, so I will. Uh, I think that's what it means too. You guys are of the baby boomer text group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and baby boomers. They're, you guys are good at a lot of stuff, but you're not great at texting. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Message wasn't clear. Like, well, I pick up the car. <laughs> Do you think well, Mom wants to see Locke? Or we could come up for a little bit. Okay. Do you want to go see City, bud? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, we will. Did you have a muffin? Taking the ride, but I have bought the tickets. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the podcast oh, again, well, Dad. Oh, was a very interesting, yeah. free-ranging discussion. Yeah, Nothing. we got all kinds of topics, sort of does. Yeah. All right, bud, you want to go see City? Let's go see her. <laughs>